Welcome back, guys. Welcome to another episode of Expat Brat with Salman Qureshi. Yes, I'm still practicing my intros and whatnot. But here we are, more stories from the past, talking about the present and hoping for things to change in the future. That's right. That's another podcast we're talking about. This one is something else entirely. This is me rambling on instead. Uh, actually, part of it is true, some rambling of old stories and whatnot. This time, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this particular thing that would resonate with most Gulf kids. It's a very particular thing to us. And that is the fact that we, having grown up here, whether you were in the UAE, Saudi, or even Oman, Bahrain, where, wherever, uh, most of us expat kids who were not Arab uh, or originated from Arab countries pretty much do not know how to speak Arabic. The majority of us, uh, I'd say, I'd even bet on 90, 95% of us do not know how to speak Arabic. Some of us might know some broken Arabic. I, I understand a few words here and there. And this is quite, in some ways, it should be embarrassing having lived in a country. And, and it's quite unusual. If you were an expat growing up in France or Spain or any other country, region in the world, I would expect you to have learned the local language, even if not fluently, uh, very close to being able to speak it uh, with ease. Um, no such case here. I cannot speak Arabic except for a few sentences. In fact, one of the sentences I say really well basically means I don't know how to speak Arabic. <laughs> so I say it with a real great accent. I, I know how to do that. So I kind of go, uh, And every time I say it to an Arab person, Arabic speaking person, they look at me with bewilderment and 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 wonder am i joking or what's going on and uh to give you a background if you go to a school in the middle east most place again in the gcc gulf countries you would most likely even in a private school most likely be asked to take some kind of arabic classes i took arabic classes from i think from grade one onwards if i'm not mistaken i definitely remember going to arabic classes at the age of uh, in grade three and four so i don't know how early it started but there were three divisions there was the beginner the intermediate and the advanced and i i think those three divisions happen as you go up in in your grades and obviously you know it's pretty obvious the the beginners was for people who've never spoken arabic complete expats the intermediate was a mix of some arabic speaking people and some expats who did pay attention in the arabic classes and obviously at the advanced ones probably were 99 percent people from arabic speaking homes there were every so often some expat who kind of did well at it and i don't know i thought they, i usually thought they were like sucking up to those guys but anyway that's just me the thing is even more intriguing uh, because you know having studied it for 10 years in a country which is pretty uh, strongly arab i mean you know you talk about immersion in a language i was i was in saudi arabia and unlike some of the other countries in the middle east like the uae and bahrain where there's actually more english speaking people or situations saudi was quite uh, strongly arabic if you went into the stores if you had any sort of work in uh, the government or wherever you needed to know Arabic and I was probably shielded from it because I went to a school with expat kids and uh, even the Arab kids we spoke English and I never had any need to go into a government office and speak Arabic for myself my dad did it for me so there was no incentive 
And uh, I, but, but <laughs> and then there are things I, I, I kind of regret it because, you know, what's the harm in learning a language? Well, I'll give you a little background about why I personally did not want to learn Arabic. And it was because of being like, you know, there's that hint of racism that I've spoken about earlier. When I say hint, I mean like it was pretty openly, uh, you know, forced into your face. I didn't say that. And uh, so, uh, you know, because of the racism, and, and I remember, I think there was a particular incident that I remember and, and may have been the start of me not wanting to bother with Arabic. And it was this, it was this cartoon that used to come on television on the Arabic channel. Now, in Saudi, there were only two channels. God, I have to give a lot of background on these stories. So there were only two channels. One was an English channel, and the other was an Arabic channel. Um, the English channel showed a lot of American shows, Sesame Street to Airwolf to whatnot, and the Arabic ones where some of them were locally produced and some were, uh, when I say locally produced, I don't think a lot of it was in Saudi, but I mean by Arabic uh, neighboring countries. And some of it was dubbed, so they would take some programs and dub it in Arabic. Now, there was this cartoon called, uh, I can't remember, Captain Majid. Yes, that's it. It was a, about this kid who plays soccer. I don't think that's a real name. The, the Captain Majid was the Arabic name. It was a Far Eastern cartoon dubbed, uh, probably a Japanese cartoon that was dubbed into Arabic, and it was called Captain Majid here. Really exciting. We all watched it, and I watched it in spite of not understanding the Arabic, but I could follow through what was happening because cartoons are simple. And uh, cartoons are a great example of good storytelling. Keep it simple, right? And one day I remember bringing up something that happened in an episode, and one of these Arab kids just turned to me and said, you shouldn't be watching it. That's Arabic, and it's for uh, us Arabic kids. And I remember being really put off and surprised by it and shocked by it. It was the first time I... If I'm, again, if I'm not mistaken, this was grade three, and that memory is pretty strong in my mind. I can't quite place who it was. I have a strong idea about which kid said it to me. It doesn't matter to you guys because you don't know my classmates, uh, but, but it was very strong. It was a very strong memory, and I, I remember feeling really bad and thinking, well, you know what? Screw you guys. Why are you watching the English stuff? And, but, but that line had been drawn for me that we were different and that they thought of me as a different person. Until then, I remember being conscious of that as much. And on, and that was one of the things that really triggered it. But obviously, I became more conscious of being uh, different, being told off. And so learning Arabic was a no-no for me. I didn't want to learn Arabic. I didn't want to learn a language of a people that looked down on me or were racist. And I said, screw you, screw your language. I don't give a shit about it. It's not cool anyway. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, you know, that memory and that, uh, those kind of incidents just put me off learning Arabic and not wanting to have anything to do with it. I think I eventually stopped watching football because it was just, well, it's their sport. Everything became us against them kind of uh, in my mind at least well when I say my mind it was pretty obvious <laughs> I think a lot of my expat friends would agree on this if you're if you're ever listening and you were in school with me or in Saudi with me especially in Manara well give me a shout out and let me know what you guys think was it just in my head or was it something that was quite strong I, I would bet on it actually existing anyway 
And because of that, I never learned Arabic. I don't know what reasons other kids have, but for me, that was one of the things. Also, you know, because you were graded, it was easier to get a, it was easier to stay in the beginner class each year and do the same thing each year and get a good grade in one subject. I mean, I wasn't a, a genius and uh, academically, I wasn't, you know, a straight A student. So just getting an easy grade on Ara- in Arabic really boosted my overall grade. And, you know, so that was another good incentive to just stick, stick to basics. There's a third reason, and this one was not my fault. This is, this was the really, uh, this was a big problem. This was a problem for any kid who did really want to learn Arabic, not me. And, and the problem was this, the teachers, they gave us to teach us Arabic, even at the basic level, could not speak English. Most of them were these Egyptian teachers who were nice guys. I had a great time with them, but they did not speak English. And so for them to be able to teach us a language without being able to really tell us what it means and stuff, it's not going to happen. And so I think it was a two-way wink-wink situation where we were like, you know, we'll just do the same stuff and we'll pass and you get to keep your job and we'll pretend you're doing a great job. And he he doesn't have to learn English or work hard. I think that was the that was you know that was the gist of the relationship there. And and so because of these three very different reasons, I I I never learned Arabic, and here I am. I tried later in life, but I I, I have a hard time with languages. I don't know if it's an excuse, and everyone can learn something. Maybe they can, but I I, I struggle with it. And I gave up on Arabic. Eventually, I just went, you know what, I don't care. I'm trying to learn Spanish instead. I'm feeling pretty badly at it. I had this, you know, typical audiobook and whatnot. And um, and it just, yeah, I'm not doing too well. I, I was hoping at this point I'd remember something. And so I could impress you with a line in Spanish, but nothing. I got nothing in my head. So what a waste of money. Eh, I got it on audiobook for one of my, like, free credits or something. So... Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, 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 am, I am intrigued, if you're, again, if you're an expat kid, about why you didn't learn Arabic. You, you know, in the UAE, was, the people were nicer. So I guess that uh, feeling of isolation wasn't there. You wanted to be one of them, uh, a good reason to learn the language. Maybe it was the same school problems. Maybe there's, there's one more problem. Oh, God, I'm just like bringing out problems of learning Arabic. This is my feedback to the Arabic-speaking world. The, the last problem that I can think of, I don't think I have any more. I think this is, this is it, guys. This is it. The problem with learning Arabic was there's a whole big difference between what we were thought and then what is spoken. Spoken Arabic is completely different to classical Arabic. And everybody goes, oh, you know, if you learn the classical Arabic, you'll be able to pick up the spoken Arabic and blah, blah, blah. Except when I tried speaking this, you know, the classic Arabic, the Arab people, People laughed at me. Arabic-speaking people laughed at me, my my friends and any stranger, because it's so completely different. It's the equivalent of going up to someone and speaking in Shakespearean English. Obviously, they'd laugh at you or find you weird, and and that's what it is. You're you're speaking Shakespearean English, whereas the modern slang is completely different, and they don't match at all. And so whatever I did learn, I was not able to use. Although technically they should understand it, but because they embarrassed you about it, I, I had lost all confidence in speaking it as well. 
So those were some of the reasons I couldn't speak Arab. I don't speak Arabic. Am I embarrassed about it anymore? I guess not. I used to be at one point when people from abroad came and said, oh, you live here and you don't speak the local language. You lived here your whole life. How come you don't speak that? And I just go, uh, well, no one speaks Arabic here, I guess, especially in Dubai. I get away with it a lot more. <laughs> so so that helps. And that's that's my story, my love story with the language the Arabic language. And I don't know, maybe I'm poorer because of that misinteraction, but who are we to blame with so many factors around? I guess it was fate for me not to speak or learn Arabic. The one thing I do, here's a weird bit. Here's a weird bit I just remember. I I know the letters. I know how to read Arabic. So, you know, if you're a Muslim kid, you, you learn Quran, you learn Arabic, and, and I did learn something. I wasn't a complete dumbass. I did learn the Arabic letters. Like in the beginning, beginner's class, I, you have to learn something. And so I can read Arabic. I can't understand it and can hardly speak it. Uh, with my native mother tongue, Urdu, I can speak it, but I can't write it or read it. And, and then English is the only language that I can speak, write, read in. Quite bizarre, right? With the Urdu and Arabic thing, it's it's just I can speak one language but cannot write or read. I can read and write Arabic, but I have no idea what it means. It's bizarre. That's one of the very bizarre things I I feel uh, golf kids have. So yeah, that was my that was a sum up of the Arabic language and my journey together. Will I ever speak Arabic? Who knows? Will this podcast turn into an Arabic uh, podcast? No, (laughs) because I'm also, as I grow older, lazier. And unless some miracle happens and Arabic is immersed into my brain, I I just, it's not going to happen, guys. So if you're an Arabic speaking person, I apologize. Nothing nothing wrong with the language. Nothing. um, When I was a kid, it just represented something else to me. And, 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 you know, like I said, I have no problem in learning a language. It's, it's another skill or, you know, knowledge to have. So what's wrong with that? That was a, but that's some of the background on uh, our situation out here. Thank you guys for listening. This was another podcast with the expat Brad, Salman Qureshi. I will catch you guys around soon. Goodbye.